3: Hello, I'm Matt Jolly and this is Politics Without the Boring Bits. If you love it, tell your friends and maybe post a review wherever you're listening to this. Make that your New Year's resolution to post online more often. But can you believe everything online though? Today on Politics Without the Boring Bits, we're taking a look at the way social media is already being flooded with election ads and what those ads tell us about the political party's strategy. And as Reform UK tried to grab the headlines, the colonists Alice Thompson and Robert Cratton discuss what impact they can really have. And if you like what you hear, you can join me for Politics Without the Boring Bits live on Times Radio, on your DAB radio, on your smart speaker, or download the Times Radio app. That's Politics Without the Boring Bits, weekdays from 10. Now, in these troubled times... It's important to keep everything in perspective. We need to be concentrating on the big issues. Forget war, famine, earthquakes, climate change. Forget the hospital waiting lists and crumbling schools and cancelled trains and cost of living crisis. The former Tory party chairman, Jake Berry, is tackling the big issue.
2: Now, I don't want to be a complete and utter killjoy, but I've just run the gauntlet here at Tesco's in Hazenden with my kids, past all the discounted toys only to see that the Easter Bunny is already on the shelf. Easter, 31st of March this year. Let me know in the comments below whether you think Easter is coming to our supermarkets and shops too early.
3: Yeah, the latest political battleground is declaring war on the Easter Bunny. Why are there so many Easter eggs in the shops already? Uh, My favourite response to this, he posted that on social media yesterday. Uh, my favourite response to this was, uh, was our very own Daniel Finkelstein. Catch him on the uh, How to Win an Election podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Um, he, he posted, Thanks for asking my opinion. The availability of products in supermarkets should be primarily determined by what people wish to buy and what shob- shops judge the most profitable use of shelf space rather than whether MPs think it's the right time of year. That is a centre-right view. And uh, five million people have now uh, now watched Jake Bowie's uh, video. I mean, who knows? Who knows what he's going to say about Cupid when uh, Valentine's Day comes out. The Columnists with Alibert, Alice Thompson and Robert Crampton. And here they both are. Happy New Year.
4: Happy New, year. Happy New
3: Year! Happy New Year! Not New Year. not had you in. You, you've taken the start of the year by wearing the same colour.
1: Yeah, we're we're, we're turning into each other. Yeah, so yeah. burgundy. Gone burgundy. Gone burgundy it's yeah. Twins
3: yeah. were matching. Yeah. Like we're yeah. working the same sort of upmarket hotel, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say.
1: Um, I've never seen myself as a hotelier, but yeah. I could see you bolling really? that outside door, uh, opening yeah, doors, doing the invisible hand washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do we're come just through. We're looking place.
0: smart, aren't we? <laughs> looking a bit smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice. the
3: beginning of the year. We're trying. Yeah, New Year, New You. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, have you read that the paper's burgundy or a thing
0: that we should all be wearing? Yeah, well, I think it's red, but that's a Is bit it? much for us, yeah. that was what it said today in the
1: oh, times. Oh, that's why you, you mentioned that in your column.
0: Exactly. Have you worn red? Yeah, to, what have you worn red?
1: About? Right, okay. But,
0: but I have got something I want to ban. I think that onions and sandwiches would be my thing.
1: Onions and sandwiches? Yeah, I hate onions and sandwiches. Yeah. Excellent point, actually. I thought about that. I was
3: once, uh, in my packed lunch, I had uh, tuna and onion sandwiches. Ooh. And I threw them in the bin. And uh, my stepmother, who worked at the school, saw me doing it.
1: Went mental. Oh no! Something. Very wasteful. Mm. Yeah,
3: but they were disgusting.
1: I don't like 5P pieces. <laughs> <laughs> A bit useless, aren't they? That's what you stop.
3: Well, maybe we'll get. We'll, we'll see if we can um, get Jake Berry onto that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll, yeah. He'll, we'll sort that mind. he'll sort that out. He'll uh, sort that out. Right. Uh, let's talk tax because everyone's cross about tax, but nobody's necessarily promising to do anything about it. Mm. So the Labour Party this week unveiled this tax calculator listing. I think it was twelve. Taxes that tax rises or stealth taxes that they thought were very bad. Uh, Lib Dems have listed uh, the number of people, particularly in the south east, who've been dragged into paying more tax, but no one's actually saying they're going to do anything about it. Is I really this going to be like a tax this. election in which nobody promises to? cut
0: them. Yeah, well, I just think that the Tories have got away with saying they're the tax-cutting party the whole time, mm. and they've been putting up taxes for years. I think, actually, for Labour to go on the offensive, um, it just, I really like it. I think it's a, a good a tactic for them, because they're always seen as putting up taxes, whereas in fact, it's been the other party. I also don't like the inheritance tax cut. I think if we're going to have a tax cut, it should be fairer mm. and further down, and for more people, probably. It's only
1: 4% of people mm. pay inheritance tax, I think. But they're sort of fencing around each other at the moment, aren't they? sort of after you, no after you, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, whether it would be in the spring, and you know, nobody wants to uh, unveil their hand, do they, before the, before anybody else.
3: But it's weird, isn't it, because it, maybe it's because I was on the boat uh, <laughs> halfway across the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. But the, Jeremy Hunt spent it £9 billion in the mm. autumn statement on this National Insurance Cup, which kicks in this weekend. Yeah. I don't... I don't get the feeling anyone's noticed that.
0: I think we're really cynical about it all now because we know that it's not really happening. That if you have a tax cut somewhere, you're mm. going to get a tax increase yeah, in right. another place. And, and we, I think generally people just feel they're to, sort of overtaxed now in different places in different ways, don't I they?
1: guess they'll notice if it when it appears in their wage it's, packets, it's, this. About,
3: it's worth about 450 quid, so over over 12 months, an extra 40 quid possibly in your, you know. <laughs> That's that, not bad. But that easily disappears in your food shop or your petrol... Yeah, pump but or it's a tenner a week that you didn't have. I suppose so. Uh,
1: yeah. Which is, for, you know, for some people, that is... Some people, yeah, yeah. So well, um, for quite a lot of people, that's pretty important.
3: Uh, but do you, do you think the Labour Party needs to promise tax cuts going into the election? Is it
1: is it... Are they... I, mean, I think it needs to promise not to raise... That, mm, which it already which has done. done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they said they won't raise top level of income tax. They, they won't raise CGT on, you know... Uh, shares and second homes yeah. and, and property and they won't do a mansion tax yeah. which is kind of all they need to do really isn't it
3: because to some extent if they're going to win which is what the polls at least suggest they are um, they aren't going to have any money because they don't yeah. have any money yeah. and they've got, you know, they've got lots of promises to make on, uh, up on yeah. you know, green issues. services and, and green issues so why would you spend a load yeah. of money on promising tax cuts, because you're well, I the think one they may not just
0: them. actually promise them. I think the thing yeah. is they're going to do what the Tories do, which is float it the whole time. Yeah. So they're going to keep saying, "Well, we may do this tax, we may it's do that tax," and actually, mm. that's happened over the last few years. So I think I don't actually blame them for doing it because what yeah. the Tories are going to do is turn around and keep saying, "Well, you're not helping anyone out. You know, you're just spending money. You're the you know, you're the." And I think it's a, it's a good tactic, probably in the end. It's also
1: it's also worth remembering that. It doesn't necessarily cutting income tax or, or, or whatever doesn't necessarily equate to the government having less money. There is, I mean, we've all heard of the Laffer Curve, yeah. yeah, yeah. At which point more people uh, it incentivizes people to work and more people uh, pay their tax. So, which is a kind of Liz Truss argument, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not necessarily untrue just because Liz Truss says it. There is there is a point <laughs> at the margin where you can reduce you can reduce and, tax we know a that and get a Reeves bit more. Rachel Reeves
0: quite likes taking other people's ideas, doesn't yeah,
1: she? Yeah. Oh, good point. Mm. Nasty.
0: Plagiarism. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, it wasn't plagiarism, it was, it was Wikipedia.
1: It was, it was <laughs> not possibly. overseeing her researches, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Just
0: in, but on recently. the other <laughs> hand, I do think she's doing a pretty good job, Rachel Reeves, because she's looking serious, she's looking intent. Sure, yeah. Um, and she's actually, you feel that she's not going to run away with the government's finances. That's position. all they have to
1: do. not. I mean, the taxes, uh, Theresa May lost an election on the basis of uh, the, oh, the, uh, the, 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 social the social care, social mm. care yeah. tax, and uh, or, or, or failed to win an election on the basis of that. So it's... Um, it, it's really tricky stuff. I mean, the less you say about it, the better in a way. And, and as I say, Labour's not... I,
3: and it's I'm a hard one, isn't it, for the up.
1: Tories to point... I
3: mean, when you had sort of Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonald, and they said in the past, and actually a lot of what they said at the time, but when you've got Keir Starber, Rachel Reeves, who no one would describe as vatical mm. wild men of... Yeah, economics yeah. or politics. Yeah. It's quite that, that sort of playing the fear card of like either a tax bombshell mm. or you know, they'll they'll run up a huge deficit or they'll be really irresponsible. I mean, they don't they 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 scream we'll do nothing, not yeah. we'll we'll start the horses. Yeah.
0: I think their biggest problem is actually what they're then going to do if they do cut taxes, how else they're going to save money. And, you know, it could be on green issues if you're the Labour Party, but I think that's That's going to be quite tricky. That's looking
1: vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's
0: the one that may go first for Labour. And I think the Tories haven't said how they're going to cut any of their spending at all, have they
1: really? I mean, it always does. I mean, Cameron came in... Where's a green guy and then the austerity yeah, yeah. and the, that was the first thing to go wasn't it and yeah. I suspect the same thing will happen yeah. but um, and actually the thing that I don't think the Labour Party have done enough of is
3: put, is putting the stuff the green stuff making that an economic argument
1: well that's right I mean that's what you need to do with the green stuff you need to say that this is actually the future it's this, not this, tree this, hugging it's and, no, exactly. and it's uh, exactly. industry you know the stuff the Labour Party used to yeah. represent yeah. all those jobs, yes.
0: and it's energy as Retalling well retooling it? it's
1: energy yeah. it's national I mean, security yeah there's whole chunks of the North East which, which I'm familiar with right, right from yeah. where I'm from Hull right up the coast into into Teesside, which is increasingly reliant for jobs on, uh, on sustainables now and alternative yeah. energy. So it's a, and it's manufacturing; it's all the things that the Labour Party and the unions should like, uh, but they haven't really made that case. Because in fact, sort of, no one's really made that case. A, yeah, because it's sort of fallen to bed at Miliband, but they don't. Well, yeah, and uh, yes. <laughs>
3: Let him out very often. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about, in fact, talk about what's going on in the north before. So yeah. We, so we it's await. Yeah. We await uh, uh, Richard Tice setting out their their strategy and Nigel Farage playing. Will they? Won't
1: they? Mm. How how big a part do you think they're going to be in the in the election? I think they are pretty, pretty big. They're polling about nine percent at the moment. Uh, that's nationwide. Uh, and presumably higher than that in some of the red wall seats that they're targeting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, disaffected right wing Tories out there, but there's even more disaffected, uh, formerly Labour voters who are who actually have sort of turned out to be quite right wing on many issues, which is what Tice is playing to up in Hartley Pool, and I think they're also standing in Blackburn Bolton in Lancashire, and I think they could be quite significant. I actually really mind that the
0: media's let them have so much airtime, though, because I think it is. It is a problem that over the years, first with Nigel Farage and now Richard Tice, that the more right-wing parties do get a lot of time on air. And and I think in the end that that, that, that does have an effect. And, they, you know, they have whipped up the whole immigration debate mm. now. Now they've, you know, they've had the Brexit debate. They're always looking for some other way to divide everyone, particularly it, the Tory party. It, I think they've been phenomenally influential, yeah. actually, in the last two decades. Well, you, well yeah, Farage you, has you been... Can, you can draw
3: yeah. a direct line, yeah. I think, from uh, Nigel Farage on GB mm. News in a boat on the yeah. channel. And... Rishi Sunak stopped the boats mm. pledge. You know, there was a, uh, yeah. you know, and actually the, the, you know, the evidence suggests that them talking about the boats problem more and more and more, mm-hmm. more has actually just fueled support for reform because for people who are concerned about that, they're not, they're never going to be doing enough. I mean, it was weird yesterday, James Cleverly saying he was going to have zero boats this year
1: mm. or something. <laughs> well, not... I'm wary of the kind of blame the media thing no. because we, we we hear this all the time that we, you know, we get blamed for, for, for and, and this is us. Blaming other elements of the media for a problem that we that we don't like, I think we've just. I think we, it's hard, but I, you have to accept the fact that there's a, an awful lot of people in Britain, not maybe not as many as we're led to believe, but a significant minority who are extremely concerned about the boats and immigration and wokeness and all the rest of it. And the, and I don't agree with them, but I think they're, it's, we're in a democracy and Reform UK catered to, to those people. The, 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 you have to combat them politically.
0: But I also think it's going to be the Tory party's problem more than anyone else because you can see that's what the Tory MPs are so worried about. They don't mm. want their votes split by them, do they?
1: Well, the, um, the but first, I think it's going to be Labour's problem as well. The
3: first some thing of, for somebody to do is invest in a new website because uh, it appears to be down. <laughs> Uh, while well, people are trying to get on it to uh, to find out what's happening out there. Yeah, but people office. quite
0: like that kind of homely nature about them, don't they? They yeah. like them being the little people that kind of, you know, yeah, they're placed, fighting yeah. back, it's sort of David and But I don't like. think
1: it is just a Tory problem, Alice. I think I think it could be that some of those seats that Labour's got to win back and would expect to win back in the North, uh, they might it might mm. pose more of a problem there for Labour because, uh, you know, some of those people who need you know, voted Labour all their lives, then voted Tory in uh 20, 2019 now we're required to vote Labour again, might decide...
3: Might flip you about the other way. Yeah. It's interesting, so um, reforms uh, put out on January the 1st. There is an alternative. What we stand for is their four pledges rather than the five. Quite similar to you uh-huh. said. So stop the boats is one. Higher wages. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's nice. Why not? <laughs> uh, net zero immigration. Yeah. So... Which is currently what seven hundred thousand? Mm. They want to get that down to zero. Given also, the,
0: then you'd have to get rid of all the foreign students, which would be pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
3: you know, and David Cameron couldn't get down to mm. tens of thousands and zero waiting lists. Mm. So you go and see the doctor, and you're on the operating <laughs> table that afternoon.
1: I mean, you know what this sounds like? I mean, I don't want to make cast any aspersions, but you got it, it looks a lot like national socialism, doesn't it? Yeah. Because uh, on the one hand, you've got a kind of left wing pledges on the on on. Uh, the high wages and uh, it's nativism yeah, and, right. and, and uh, NHS waiting lists. Pull up the and, on, and on the other hand, no you've to got. Low spending, you know, but low taxes. Yeah, and, kick all, and get, kick, kick all the immigrants out. Yeah. I mean, Ma- it, no, it's yeah. massive state. Massive yeah, state. Mass- yeah, it's small. Yeah, yeah it small small looks. Low like, taxes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's quite fam- familiar for those of us you know, with unhappy periods yeah. in European history. Yeah. yeah.
0: Although I think voters <laughs> have gotten more cynical than you think. I think actually they will look at it and say, well, you know. Can't have everything. You can't have everything, can you now?
1: No, and I think well, no, and people know that if you c- you cannot stop or, or reduce migration without the NHS, the care care system, mm. and most of retail, certainly in the southeast, falling to pieces.
0: But it is you know? a sort of message, isn't it? What they're saying yeah. is, vote
3: for us and protest. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? they, they as a protest party, you don't get the scrutiny. But I suppose no, the angry people and old oh.
1: people, old people. I mean, it plays into what Alice yeah. is wr- writing about today. They... they it's getting we're all it's all getting old, the country, and they, but they still vote. And they and they in the nature of being old, unfortunately, people get a bit cheesed off about yeah, yeah, the way yeah. the world is. And that's what these that's what these parties are, are And across and all across Europe, that's what yeah. they're doing. And
3: actually if the two main parties but the conservatives have gone into successful elections now and broken all those promises. Yeah. Uh, why not make a load of promises that you're not... I mean, you're never going to have to keep them as your reform party because they're not mm. going to get an MP. Yeah. You could just, you know, send a message. Mm. Yeah, pressure. But it's that,
0: what the yeah, Liberal Democrats used to do, and actually they've got more mature and more grown-up, haven't yeah. they? So you don't get them doing that anymore, and yeah. actually most of theirs are really well-costed, their pledges.
1: Yeah, it's not all pine in the sky anymore, mm. is it? Yeah. Uh, but they do also
3: want PR. They want proportional representation, reform, which is probably not a message they shout that loudly yeah. at traditional Tory voters who they are. Uh, trying to woo. Uh, just before we... Uh, we'll come on to talk about Alice's Colour in a minute, but on the subject of, gro- of growing old, disgracefully, uh, the, the Danish queen,
1: <laughs> Margaret
3: <laughs> II. Mar- Mar- yeah. yeah. Lovely palace. Have you been around the palace in Copenhagen? I've seen it from the outside. Nice. I haven't seen
1: it. Yeah, I've, As was, you'd yeah. expect. Yeah, It is like a sort of
3: mini-bunny a, a, a million
1: bowl or something.
3: But you're, yeah. you're particularly taken by the fact she's 83 and she's been
1: on the fags. Well, it's good news for me because I, I, I'm also I'm one of the uh, literally a dying breed of people who still smoke. Uh, but it's weird, isn't it? Because she's eighty three and she's supposed to be. I don't think she's on sixty a day now, but she has been in the past. She's uh, sixty a day. I mean, yeah, that's
3: uh, that's hard work, isn't it? That's yeah. a, like, you really have to put your back into
1: that. You do, yeah. Uh, and how many were you smoking? at your I only peak? smoked. I, I, <laughs> when I was match fit. Yeah, about, uh, ten. You're, Ten a day. Yeah. I mean, it was a regular, but sort of fairly moderate. But
3: that's smoker. quite a lot. That's
1: more than one an hour. No, it's not.
3: Well, it depends
1: on... <laughs> not if, it, not unless you sleep for 14 hours. Or
0: you're smoking in bed. <laughs> or you're smoking
1: in your bed. In your gym jams. But smoking what, what interests me is that... No, uh, that's part of her popularity. Only one... I looked up the figures. Only one in eight Danes still smoke. So that's mm. slightly less than it is here. I think it's about one in seven adults in Britain still smoke. Yeah, it's still seen as a sort of... Uh, common touch. Yeah, yeah. Man of the people. Woman of the people. Thing. It ought to make her less popular. But it doesn't, it makes them more popular. And when people, it
3: was a bit like Camilla, though, wasn't it? Yes, was
1: exactly. Sort, Do you know what sort of I smoker? think? Actually, yeah. it was a bit like Princess think, yeah.
0: Anne, to be honest. I think yeah. she really yeah. reminds me of her. The fact that she or, likes, you know, she eats food Margaret. on the street, or Margaret, or Mar- yeah, yeah, yeah. That They're all. It's just a different sort of queen. That we, actually, in a way, yeah. we were so used to our queen being so upright and so exactly. perfect, yeah. and this is the alternative, which I quite like, actually. It's, well. Yes,
1: it's
3: why Margaret became sort of the cult star, the early mm. yeah. bits of the and clan. the queen
0: and, yeah. the, and
1: the queen mother was also yeah from the same on the Dubai. Yes, Whereas
0: Catherine's never going to be smoking. I can't see that. I think
1: this Queen Margaret. Is a, a rather nicer person than the, than the Queen Mother or Princess Margaret were. She's, I mean, I think she's uh, She seems pleasant, in, uh, pleasant being yeah. Danish and sort of <laughs> liberal and happy, and living in a contented country. Do you think Charles should do the same? Should he step aside?
0: I don't think he's had much time yet. I think the actually that, the poor guy's only had,
1: only had a year. I but I did think she slimmed down
0: the monarchy. I thought she was very clever in saying to her second yeah, child, she, yeah. look, you're not going to have the titles. Because I always think that was the problem with Andrew. They should have said yeah. right at the beginning, look, you're not going to have the princesses.
1: Yeah, she, like, it was only a year ago, mm. she stripped her, her second son's kids of all their royal mm. titles, which is what maybe Charles should mm. think about doing with his second son's children. What he, what he sort of has. Oh, we see, yes. His children. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're still prince and princess, mm. Lilib- yeah. Lilibet and whatever he is, Archie.
0: For someone who's not a royalist, you know quite a lot.
1: No, I write about I'm not. I write obsessed. about this stuff all the time. Obsessed. Know thine enemy. All tea
3: towels and commemorative tea no towels. Thi- you've got. No do you no, know what no.
1: little bit second? My, name I've is? I've got a tea towel. My t- kids bought it for me <laughs> to, to just to, to annoy me.
3: Robert Crampton and Alice Thompson. Then don't forget, you can read the very best political analysis every day in the Times and the Sunday Times. Just get yourself a subscription at thetimes.co.uk. The big thing. Right, now, we know that 2024 is a big election year. And here's a warning your social media feed is about to get messy. Uh, with all the political parties targeting I'm won't bother putting up billboards because they can get at you uh, through Facebook, through Twitter, through TikTok, Instagram, whatever you're on, they're going to find you. In fact, in the last week of 2023 alone, the Rishi Sunak page on Facebook spent £30,000 on advertising. Shifting from, it seems, the Conservative Party account to uh, Rishi Sunak specifically. That's according to the group Who Targets Me, which campaigns for transparency over political online campaigning. Sam Jeffers is the group's founder and joins me now. Hi, Sam. Um, So just explain what Who Targets Me is, what you're looking for, and what have you found about the, the sort of adverts that the Tories are buying?
5: Yeah, sure. So we've been, you know, monitoring online political ads for the last. Well, no, we're now in 2024, so it's seven years since we started doing this. Looking at, uh, yeah, the ways parties are using ads to try and reach voters. Really. So, you know, what are they saying? Who are they saying it to? How much money are they spending to do it? Um, and I think it's been really notable over the last week, and particularly a week where you know politics effectively switches off uh, between Christmas and New Year. That which mm-hmm. is like, In fact, has spent. £42,000 uh, now on, on ads between the 25th and the 31st of December. So it's, it's, a, it's a really big amount of money. It's probably more than any uh, individual UK politician has spent uh, in kind of outside of election period. Um, so it's, it, it seems like a really significant uh, hop up in, in, the, in the level of campaigning that's going on. And it'll be interesting to see how the other parties respond.
3: Now, on the, I mean, it's a lot of money if I was doing it, but £42,000 when they've got millions and millions of pounds in their war chest doesn't sound like that much. So is it is it they crank it up uh, a lot during uh, election periods? Or is it exactly. that actually, does 42000 how many people would you be reaching with that sort of spend? Because obviously you're not printing leaflets, you're not paying anyone to deliver them. How many people can you actually reach with that?
5: Yeah, it's hard to say exactly how many you reach, but we think there's about 6 million impressions of the ad. So about 6 million ran across the country over the last week. So, um, you know, it's quite a lot. It's, you know, you probably reach a million a million people a day for for, for about £10,000. Um, oh, wow. You know, that's unmediated, right? There's no one in the way of you saying what you want to say to those people uh, when you reach them. And you can, you know, if you're doing it well, reach mostly the people you actually want to reach. So, you know, I think that's the, that's the thing here is it's focusing in on, you know ideally those voters that they think are going to win them the election, and and spending you know effectively quite in a quite targeted way on reaching just those people. So let's look at then actually this is one of
3: the adverts we're talking about. This is a video of Rishi Sunak uh, speaking to immigration officers in Downing Street. It was posted alongside uh, online yesterday, uh, alongside the caption: "Something has to happen. It cannot continue. Don't just take my word for it. This is what the people on the front lines think about stopping the boats." What, do, what kind of things are you seeing and dealing with when you're out and about?
0: We deal with fatalities. That's the most horrific um, thing that we deal with. Whilst saying that, there's other horrendous conditions that they arrive in. You have um, children with fuel burns.
2: I mean, children yeah. with fuel burns. Absolutely. Yeah, That's one of the things your
5: colleagues mentioned. It's absolutely yeah. heartbreaking. Absolutely. What's the
3: rules on this, um, uh, Sam? Because that they are, I mean... <laughs> I know it's Rishi Sunak's account, so it's not the Conservative Party account. But they're people; they are civil servants working, doing their jobs as civil servants, but being used in a video posted on a political account.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think to be really picky, that one wasn't a paid ad, so I think that was an organic post. And I, I get, I get. Very, okay, like, so yeah, yeah, so detailed that's... on on the difference. So the forty-two grand was not spent promoting this particular message. This was one just posted on on his account. And again, I, I'm a bit you know shady on the exact civil service rules of of what that what that would mean but you know the other ads that he's paying for are much more about just like and follow my page really simple like follow follow me follow me follow me and the idea is to build that kind of ongoing communications channel with it, voters directly but it's, it's interesting they're really
3: using money. using party money to build the scale of the account to then exactly. use essentially government videos on it for party political purposes you know it is definitely yeah, a gr- bit of a gray area
5: there exactly and there have been some really blurry examples of this in the past so before last year's local elections for example the, the government accounts were running a lot of like we're investing money in your town uh, and then the moment the campaign kicked in those ads stopped and it was very gray area again as to as to whether or not that was political spending or kind of government spending
3: that's really interesting. Sam stayed there because I want to bring in a couple of other people who are very interested in this uh, area. Kate Domit is professor of digital politics at the University of Sheffield. Hi, Kate. Good to have you with us. And in the studio, I'm joined by Bene- Benedict Pringle from uh, who runs the blog PoliticalAdvertising.co.uk and follow all these things um, closely. Kate, every election I think that I've covered almost, I've been t- it's been called the Facebook election. Or, is this going to be called the TikTok election?
4: Yeah, TikTok election, AI election, we'll definitely see a focus on like the latest digital aspects uh will get a lot of attention. You know, I think it's it's kind of easy to focus on digital and it will be a big site of the battleground. Uh I think one of the things I always try and say is like, you know, we will still see, still see the billboards, we will still still see like doorstep campaigning. But, you know, digital is going to be huge this time. And especially with the new spending limits, parties are going to be able to spend more than ever before on this kind of content.
3: And uh, yeah, Benedict. I, I do
2: think that we will see a real tick TikTok, TikTokification of uh <laughs> It's a, easy for a, you to say <laughs> yeah, of this election campaign. Um and that's not to say that suddenly all the voters are on TikTok because they're not, but what has happened is the impact of TikTok has impacted the way all the other social platforms work. So um Short form video, I think, will be the sort of the main way in which parties will try and convince voters. So, it'd be sort of fifteen second videos, highly attention grabbing. Um, and the reason for doing that is because that is what the algorithms favour. Another thing they favour is is if in the past we have seen things online that kind of look like posters, almost graphics that are online. I, I think now we'll see what what I would call more human to human communication, where you will see whether it's Rishi Sunak or Angela Rayner or whoever it might be, talking directly to camera, talking directly to people, because that is what the algorithms favour. And that that has been sort of led by TikTok. So whilst this election isn't going to be fought on TikTok, it is very much going to be shaped by what TikTok have
3: done. Uh, Kate, does that sort of change also the style of it? We move away from very glossy, high-budget sort of, you know, the the John Major, the movie, and uh, Neil Kinnock, the movie, those sort of Uh, quite expensive, you know, it's a virtue at looking expensive. That actually becomes a virtue if it's a bit rubbish. It looks like you filmed it yourself, even if actually probably it's someone behind the camera doing it for you and it's been, you know, very carefully made to look rubbish.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. You know, politicians don't want to look kind of polished and super slick on these platforms. They want to look authentic. They want to look personable. And, you know, they're trying to kind of create engaging content. And sometimes you'll see them try and act deliberately in a way that's a little bit counterintuitive so you know be playful or like do a tiktok dance because they kind of know that that'll help drive engagement
3: i suppose there was a wow as, as jake Bowie's found uh to his cost this morning there's a <laughs> you can't go a bit too far he posted this video online saying uh he uh, was crossed the easter eggs already in supermarkets five million people have watched it but most of them seem to be calling him a wally for for, for harry done it let's let's take a couple of examples of, of of adverts videos that were posted online in 2019 both to see the because actually it's interesting that they seemed quite sort of uh re- refreshing and new at the time but now possibly feel like a, b- a bit dated even though it's only been four years this is boris johnson doing a candid video hey boris you all right i'm good how are you what's been on your mind today uh, well, I can't hide it from you. I've been thinking a bit about this general election campaign. And how do you typically start your day? I tend to get up pretty early and then I go down and uh, take the dog for a walk and
5: dog does his business and so on and so forth. That's, that's, that's my start to the day.
3: And he has a party uh, turned out. Um, and then uh, this was Jeremy Corbyn. And again, this is like a real fashion from four years ago of reading mean tweets. You know, he did a lot of this, particularly on a sort of American late night chat shows and this sort of thing. This is Jeremy Corbyn reading mean tweets about himself while on YouTube.
2: I'll bet Jeremy Corbyn will be glad when this election is over so he can go back to wearing his commie hat. What is a commie hat? I wear a cap. It's a bit like when I was told I was riding a Maoist
3: bicycle. It's a bicycle! Uh, So, yeah, it's weird, isn't it, how that date's but is it?
2: Yeah, I I think it does, but I think both of those videos, the the leaders come across as authentic. So I think that sort of um, down-to-earth, real style, I think we'll see more of. I think they both sound slow to me. I think the the, you know, the 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 pace of the videos have just increased massively. And I also think that uh, along with that sort of down-to-earth style of the, the way the politicians were talking, I think in terms of graphics, digital overlays, lenses, editing styles, everything has become a bit more sort of high-paced and zany and, and it's less stuffy than it has, ever has been before. And I'm wondering if that sort of um, high energy, less formal style of campaigning, which we're we starting to see online, will permeate through into the offline as well. Um, that will be something that, that's interesting to see.
3: And, Sam, how do we know what people, because clearly, if they put up a billboard, you know, anyone walking past can see the billboard and see the message they're putting. But if that, you know, because you can do very ultra uh, specific targeting, you can pick, I want only women uh, of this age in this town. Who are interested in children or the environment, where it might be? You can be very, very targeted. Is it possible to track all, all that the political parties are, are, are posting online
5: as paid ads? So increasingly so, but it's not it's not perfect. So you know, since particularly since twenty sixteen election, uh, a lot of the big platforms have faced a lot of pressure to make this type of advertising much more transparent. So they built uh, ad libraries where essentially all of the political ads that run on their on their platforms kind of go and stay up for a number of years. And that gives you some information about who's seeing those ads and and where they're being targeted. It's not perfect, but it's better than it was. Uh, You also have some platforms that have totally run away from political advertising at all. So in fact, when you talk about the TikTokification uh, of uh, election campaigns, TikTok doesn't accept paid political advertising at all. So you can't target you know younger voters there you, you just have to put your content up and hope for the best and you know they have some content libraries and you can see what's going on but it, it's not straightforward so you're, you're trying to piece together this story from all of the available evidence and, and you know part of our mission as an organization is to try and push uh, you know the platforms to do better with that as well so that we really can read this information in real time is, is there a platform that's particularly good at it at the moment I mean, I think Facebook is the best of the available platforms at the moment. They they have a kind of always on ad library. They give you some information about targeting and who's seen the ads. The information's updated, you know, pretty regularly. I think Google has a long way to go, to be honest, like they're very limited in the way that they apply their policies. You can't really see what's going on outside of election periods. They're very hit and miss as to who gets into their data or or not. And, you know, and that's a big miss because, you know, over the coming months, the parties are going to spend, particularly on YouTube, a a lot of money. Uh, Once the the short campaign is going, they are going to buy a lot of video advertising on that platform. And that's putting ads at the beginning of other
3: videos you might be watching rather than, exactly. than, than, than standalone videos that you expect exactly. people to click on. Exactly. And
5: those tend to be the more polished sort of party political broadcast type ads. You know, they'll take a clip from that and, um, and run, you know, 30 seconds of it before you watch something else.
2: What's interesting about that is in this country, we don't think of ourselves of having a culture of of election TV advertising. Mm. You know, you're not allowed to advertise on TV. But with YouTube, lots of people watch YouTube on their TV. So in this election, I wouldn't be surprised if um, election ads start appearing on people's TVs and people think, oh my God, you know, we're getting US style election ads here because that is a technology that exists and there's no regulation to stop it.
3: You might not know the answer to this. Is it possible to to advertise on, like the ITVX, so politically, not,
2: so not ITVX, but things like, um, and
3: all. What is confusing at the moment is
2: that all the different platforms, like Amazon. Uh, freebie which yeah. is a, a sort of a TV style thing that they, they all have different rules as to what mm. advertising they'll accept but yeah you will be able to advertise on some of them uh, with, with an election message but not all of them
3: but it's like YouTube if you're watching a... YouTube yeah but yeah. not
2: ITVX and so you so might be able to go on I don't know Pluto TV but you yeah. wouldn't be able to go on uh, Channel 4 so um, if you wanted to have a sort of approach where you were desperate to get on people's TVs um, you'd probably be able to
3: find your way into some nooks and yeah. crannies this is fascinating, though. Um, Kate, when we're talking about, you know, particularly the TikTokification, yeah. there we are, <laughs> um, uh, does that mean, because it's getting shorter and it's more, uh, you know, is it is it more vibes and less policy in terms of, you know, not communicating what you might do if you win, but just communicating that you're a good, good chap uh, and you're a bit fun because uh, you've only got 15 seconds to do it?
4: Yeah, we've seen a lot of emphasis on kind of personality politics. Uh, it's kind of kind of followed what's going on in the U.S. Really, and a real focus on individuals. Um, but yeah, it's really about kind of that personal brand. It's quite rare to see policy statements in a lot of ads. You know, quite often, if you look at the examples from 2019, they're kind of broad statements of values rather than particular policy pledges.
3: And what about... The other thing I wanted to ask about was... Um, particularly this thing on... on Well, now X, what was Twitter. The um, the community notes. Rishi Sunak fell foul of it yesterday. Uh, when he posted, I said this government cleared the backlog of asylum decisions by the end of 2023. That's exactly what we've done. And it ended up with a community note saying, legacy cases refer only to the people in the asylum system on the 28th of June 2022, the day when new asylum laws came into force. Um... What is a community? So, it wants to explain what a community note is. Do you know better? Dick? Well, it's it's almost like a sort of community-led fact-checking service.
2: So, if someone sees something on on Twitter or X um, and believes that to be factually incorrect, someone can add a note to it, which you have to include a source um, and explain why what is uh, being said um, isn't quite right. Um, so, I, I think it's a, a good thing for democracy, and, and provided the system isn't abused,
3: um, I think. It's a bit like Wikipedia, isn't it? There's a sort of a, a critical mass of people, and it gets approved. So it's not just anyone can post something on there. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, it would well, be interesting to see who else uh, falls foul of it. Um, so go on, there. But I'll command all of you. Uh, who 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 is parti- Which p- political party in the UK or maybe maybe abroad is particularly good at this, and who who's particularly
5: uh, who's particularly bad? Let's start with you first Sam. Oh, good at this. Um, I mean, look, Joe Biden's campaign is the best resourced campaign in history uh, for, for his re-election they do a lot of good stuff they they target well their everything is polished and slick and it hits the right people and you know, they 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 would probably be the standard by which any other campaign would want to be measured, really around the world.
2: Interesting, but um, what well, speaking of the TikTokification uh, in the New Zealand's general election in twenty twenty three, um, there was an agency involved in that for, for National, which was the winning party, called Topum Gearin, and, and, and
3: they've, they've worked for the they worked the story
2: in twenty nineteen, and I suspect they will be back this time. So they sort of TikTokified that their approach there, and and there is some evidence to suggest that in in making Chris Luxon, who is the leader there, now Prime Minister, um, sort of seem much more approachable, personal, through this sort of human-to-human mm. style, which the algorithm favours, um, that his personal ratings improved um, using that approach. That's so um, I think that uh, that they've done that pretty yeah. well. They, they, you know, beat uh, an incumbent Labour government. Um, and so I think if Topham Guerin are going to be involved yeah. this time, they'll be ones to
3: watch. Finally, UK.
4: I'd go for AOC in, uh, in the US. So she's done quite a lot of like, clever uses of working with influencers. Um, so kind of finding people who've already got their own audience online and then doing some activity like gaming with them so that she can get herself out to that particular audience. I think she's been experimenting for quite a while.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work though, isn't it? a lot of work um, it's really fa- genuinely really fascinating we see interest to um, see what impact this has on our social media feeds uh, Benedict Pringle from the politicaladvertising.co.uk uh, website Kate Dobbit is Professor of Digital Politics at the University of Sheffield and Sam Jeffers from Who Targets Me thanks for joining us thank you for listening to Politics Without the Boring Bits if you've been with us for a while why not tell your friends about us in person or better still on social media if you want to get in touch on any thoughts or comments you can email me matt at times.radio but for now for me Matt Cholley, It's goodbye